This is the Puppy Training Podcast, episode number 93, Give That Dog a Bath. This podcast is designed to help you on your journey of becoming best friends through love and learning as you train your own dog from home. And I'm here to help you every step of the way. This is the Puppy Training Podcast, and I'm your host, Amy Jensen. Hello, and welcome to the Puppy Training Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. I want to talk about how to give your dog a bath as I get asked this fairly often by my clients. And so today I want to share with you a few tips and tricks that we use regularly to help make this event a little more enjoyable for both you and your dog. But first, I want to give you a little update on Baxter. I know some of you are following our journey. I am training Baxter, our 11-month-old Australian Labradoodle, to do therapy work. And he turns one on Monday. It is his birthday on Monday, March 7th, which is wild to me. Time is flying by. He weighed 12.2 ounces at birth, and today he's 49 pounds. So not only has he grown physically, but there has been lots of mental growth as well. And we have just thoroughly enjoyed having him in our home and part of our family. So a few things that we've been working on, I just wanted to share with you and update you a little bit. Number one, we've been working on doorbell manners. Since COVID is coming to an end, we've noticed an increased rate of our doorbell ringing or people knocking on our door. And so we've been working on that. And when he hears the sound, his job is to jump atop his blue nine climb platform when he hears someone at the door. And he's starting to do that a little bit better on his own. He's not needing as much assistance from me, which is really exciting. We're also working on allowing him more access to our home when we're not in the same room or away. So right now we are up to an hour where I can trust him pretty well to handle himself in our house unsupervised, which is really, really nice. We didn't start with an hour. We just started with a few minutes here or a few minutes there, but we've now stretched it to that point. And we'll just continue to stretch that time. If we ever run into a setback, maybe I come back and he's I don't know, found a pillow or something. We'll back it up a bit and work a little more on, you know, him spending time alone, maybe at a shorter, for a shorter period. And then we'll press forward again. Now, I remember when we first brought him home, he loved shoes. He loved plants. He loved toys, really anything my kids would leave out. And now he's maturing. We're starting to see that. And we've worked on leave it. He knows what that means. And we've been proofing that to higher value items so that he can spend more time alone in these various rooms with these distractions, and he knows to leave them alone. So we do spend a lot of time in these areas with these distractions present, but I structure that time in there to set him up for success. And then the habit is to leave those things alone. So we train, we play games, and he entertains himself with appropriate toys and shoes in these new areas of our home to the point that we are starting to open up more space to him, even unattended at times. Now, this is a work in progress, but I thought it would be helpful to some of you to have a timeline to work from as you do this with your own dogs at your house. I'm telling you that crate and pen time are worth it in the beginning. Set your puppy up for success by limiting their access as often as needed. This turns into more freedom later. Baxter is 11 months and he's doing really well, but he's 11 months. 
He's not weeks, he's months, right? Almost one year old. So pay attention to that because too often I think we feel like our young puppy should be able to not chew furniture and not eat shoes or not chomp on novel objects they find. That might be our expectations, but let's be realistic. They are a puppy and everything is tempting. So set them up for success and include management as part of your training. This takes time and practice. It is a process and I promise you can get there. Okay, so that took a little longer than I thought, but maybe... We should just do a podcast on that topic. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. But let's go back to today's tip. Let's talk bath time. It is inevitable that our dogs will need a bath. So how can we make this a more enjoyable experience for all involved? First, keep it positive. Start by introducing your puppy to the bathroom. Have fun in there. Play with them in that room. Practice running in and out of the room. Try not to make it about bath time only. If the only time your dog goes in the bathroom is when the water turns on and a bath is going to happen, you may notice your dog starts to avoid that area of your home. You can change this by including walking into your bathroom as part of normal everyday life. It does not always equal a bath. Next, help your dog like the bath or shower area. A simple trick is to smear a bit of cream cheese or all natural peanut butter on the wall of your tub about softball sized and let your puppy lick it off. Then go about the rest of your day. After doing this several times a week, you'll notice your puppy running into the bathroom to check out the tub. You may also use a licky mat, which is a rubber flimsy mat with suction cups on the back that you can put some beef broth over and freeze or smear some baby food on it. Pumpkin puree works well, but those suction cups will stick to the wall of your tub or shower and it makes for a really great distraction. And again, it helps your puppy see it as positive. So notice we started our puppy's positive association with the tub minus the water. Start with the location first, and then we progress to adding water later. Make sure when you start to add the water that it's lukewarm, not too cold, but not too hot. Our dogs have sensitive skin, so err on the side of warm rather than hot. I like to keep the drain open so my dog's not standing in water and the dirt can drain away. A removable shower head works really well and makes this task a whole lot easier. When bath time is over, start their favorite game and make bath time part of the pattern of playtime. Next, you want to keep these bath time sessions short. Make sure that you have all supplies needed nearby and ready to go before you begin. You'll want a towel, a washcloth, shampoo, conditioner, your dog's leash, and a prepped licky mat prepared before you bring your dog into the bathroom. For supplies we like to use, check out our puppy products tab at the top of our site. All of our favorites are listed there. And then start by getting them excited about the licky mat, and then you turn on the water and you start to wash their body first. I avoid their head area until the end, and I use a washcloth that works great for that area to help keep the water out of my dog's ears and eyes. Be sure to rinse them well. That removable shower head works really well to make sure that you can get all parts of their body. When you are done, towel dry as much as possible. This is a really good time to add some positive interaction with your puppy. Many dogs love to have you gently rub their faces with the towel, give them a good back scratch or a belly rub as you towel them off. So find out what your dog enjoys and use this time to give them a little puppy massage as you dry them off. Once I'm done, I like to lay a towel out on the bathroom floor for Baxter to roll around on or give him some more puppy massage using a second towel because sometimes that first towel is just a little too wet. But don't rush past this time as it's a great opportunity to bond. Baxter absolutely adores a good head rub with the towel or like I mentioned, rolling around on the floor 
to kind of scratch his back on that freshly uh, dry towel. So as for drying them, I highly recommend a a dog-specific dryer. The temperature stays low and the forced air does a really quick job of drying your dog off. These can be a little loud for some dogs. If you notice that your dog struggles with the noise, you can desensitize them to it beforehand by turning it on and off in another room while you play your puppy's favorite game, much like you would desensitize your puppy to a vacuum cleaner. You can also use a head wrap. There's the happy hoodie found on Amazon, which is a great little tool. It's just a little head wrap that covers your puppy's ears and muffles the noise level of these dryers. Some dryers you'll notice also are labeled as quieter than others. It helps to have someone holding a licky mat or feeding your dog food rewards intermittently throughout this process. Once your dog is dry, you want to thoroughly brush and comb their coat. I like to use a 10 inch metal comb to make sure they are mat free all the way down to their skin. A few last tips for bath time would be that you can start preparing your puppy for bath time now by teaching them a chin rest. When we talk about force free training methods, this is one of my favorites. It's a start stop button that gives our dog a voice and what happens to them. So check out this concept on our grooming lesson In the intermediate section of the online puppy school, we teach you how to do this. And Emily, my trainer has done a really good job of giving you a video demo of it. Also, we can practice body handling daily with your dog. Do not be annoying to your dog when you do this. Pay attention to what they like and what they don't like. Use food rewards or a favorite chew to help them like grooming time. For example, pull out the brush, then pull out the chew. The brush will start to predict the chew and your dog will start to get excited when the brush comes out. Above all, be patient. This takes time. I find, if anything, when training a new dog, slow down. Don't be in a rush to get something done that you force an issue or even create an issue, right? So here's an example. It's not really bath time related, but I think you'll get the point. I really want Baxter to play Frisbee. George and Boots, both Australian Labradoodles who I trained as service dogs, loved Frisbee. And I found it really enjoyable to spend time with them that way. So when we brought Baxter home, I thought, let's see if he likes Frisbee. Well, the first few months home, Baxter showed zero interest in the game of Frisbee. Zero. Instead of forcing the issue and stressing over it, I simply explored other options to see what he did enjoy. He loved chasing after a bumper. That's a toy with a string hanging out the end of it that you can chuck. Anyway, not a ball, not a Frisbee, but a bumper. Well, I noticed that every time I threw the Frisbee to see if he would perk up and and chase after that, he struggled to pick it up. And that frustration likely led to his disinterest in it. Well, fast forward a few months, we played with the bumper and with the bumper and with the bumper, and we threw a ball occasionally. And occasionally I'd try to toss the Frisbee again. Well, the other day I decided to try again. I tossed the Frisbee and off he went after it. Yay. I was super excited. Okay. When he got to the fallen Frisbee, he easily scooped it up and ran back to me. So I know Baxter loves a game of tug. When he came back to me, instead of taking it from him, we engaged in a a little bit of tug. And then I just simply walked away like, okay, see you later. And guess what? A few seconds later, he was bumping me in my leg with the Frisbee telling me, hey, let's play again. I should note that we've been working on him bumping my leg with a toy to signal he wants to play with me. So now we have a great way to communicate with each other about play. 
Now, the moral of this story is to listen to your dog, right? I wanted Baxter to play Frisbee, but forcing that and really trying to get him to like a Frisbee, like overdoing that could actually cause Baxter to not like the Frisbee even more. So instead of overdoing it, I just simply was patient. I tried to listen to my dog. I tried to figure out what he likes. I tried to do things that he enjoys. And guess what? He's coming around to the Frisbee. He just needed to mature a little bit. Now it's easy for him to pick up that Frisbee off the grass. And he loves tug. And the Frisbee's a great toy that I can throw. He can pick up and we can play tug a little bit because it's big enough for both of us to hold on to. So do the prep work to set your puppy up for success and be patient. If it's not going well, take a little break. Come back to it. Try the things we discussed today to make it a more pleasant experience for both you and your dog. You can do this. All right, you guys, that's what I have for you today. I hope you found something new in there or something that's helpful with your experience as you train and work with your dog. Uh, Focus on this week of building that relationship because training will come. The relationship is super important. Have a great week and I'll talk to you later. If you have a question about anything you heard on this podcast or any other puppy training question, visit my site, baxterandbella.com to contact me. 